Dana Lee is meeting with The Antidote. Thanks so much for coming. Thank you. Even though we're meeting online for this talk, you live in Ottawa, which is really only a couple hours away from The Antidote. But I'd like to hear, was anything happening music-wise in Ottawa during the pandemic? Well, over the last few years, Ottawa's music scene has really opened up again. Um, it's, it's come alive and it's a nice little community. And, and I think we have the Ottawa Music Industry Coalition to thank for that. I'm a member of, of the coalition as well. I really believe since that organization uh, started up just a few years ago, it, it's brought so many artists back together and uh, it feels warm and welcoming. And I know when I first st- started doing music full time, it didn't feel as warm and welcoming. And so I think I would just like to recognize that organization for everything, even throughout the pandemic, they've given um, artists the opportunity to play at uh, places like the Shankman Arts Centre, even if there was no crowd, um, and then Rogers would record it and, uh, you know, play it on TV, and, you know, the artists would get noticed that way. I was also part of the scene, and I run a music school, so we were part of the scene that way, and then last year they they still continued on with their Ottawa Awards show for Mm -hmm. the music scene, so I, I actually was nominated last year, which was my first time ever, so that was exciting to be nominated, but yeah, the Ottawa music scene has definitely opened back up. I guess one nice thing is that there was no downturn in music for you. In March, you released a new album, Made in the Image. Yes, so I spent the last year working on on Made in the Image, and um, this was my very first full-length album. So there were 17 tracks that I added to the album. Any other time I've released, it's always been an EP, um, nothing this big, so it was pretty exciting for me. That's a huge undertaking, 17 songs. Uh, Yes, (laughs) it really was a few, but you know, I really enjoyed it and it was very cathartic for me um, in many ways. Um, The album is about sort of my way of, I would say, coming out or coming home to myself. And also, I wasn't feeling so great this last year, so the music actually was sort of my guiding light to keep pressing forward. So I was grateful for the project to to keep me going. I'd read something that years ago you stopped making music. What happened? Oh, yes. So um, I went to Bible college with the intention of doing music for my life's path. And um, I had a hard time when I was in school because... I'm part of the LGBTQ community, and I wasn't open about that during my time at school. And so there was so much guilt. I just, uh, it just didn't feel like I could be myself. So I just abandoned the church completely. I mean, I I did abandon music, but I, I didn't abandon music. I just didn't create my own music, and I didn't really sing from where my heart was at. And then one day, I gave myself permission to be me, and and now I feel supported, and uh, it just feels good to be myself. Is that what led you to record Home to Myself? Yes. So Home to Myself is basically that, me just coming home to myself in my faith as a, as a Christian, as a queer Christian. And, you know, those two words really 
traditionally they don't belong together, but, you know, I've met so many people just like me, queer Christians, um, just through networking and we're a community of people that have felt abandoned by the church, but Mm -hmm. we know what the premise of Christianity is and we know that it is just about love. So, you know, we, we feel safe in that and I feel safe in that. So now I feel safe in just being myself and coming home to myself. So that's, yes, home to myself is about just that, my faith and my identity. You know, when I hear the song, it really leaves me wondering who the song is speaking to. Is it really just to yourself or is it to the listener? Right. So that's a very good question, uh, Dave. So the song, it is to me, it is to the listener, but it's also to all of those people that say that there isn't a place for LGBTQ within the church that tell us who who we can love, how we should be leading our lives. And um, the song is basically just saying, like, enough. You know, I, I struggled for so many years with so much guilt. And, you know, it really plays on your psyche. It plays on your physical makeup. Like, I used to be a bigger than what I was now because I was carrying the weight of what people thought of me. You know, it's just about letting go and just being like, we're not going to take it anymore. Do you think there's any sign of the Christian church becoming inclusive of the LGBTQ community? I think so. I mean, there are many progressive churches already out there that recognize that, you know, there is a place for everybody in the kingdom of God And, uh, you know, like I'm part of a church that accepts me and a community of believers that accepts people just like me. And um, I am seeing within the evangelical world, you know, the language is starting to change a little bit. I think some people wouldn't like to admit it, but I mean, I was talking with another Christian just last week and they were saying, you know, they were kicked out of a leadership position in church because of their identity. And, you know, if that happened anywhere else in this country, that would be straight out discrimination. So, I think they're starting to become aware of that from that lens and they're kind of minding how they're approaching it now because that can't go on. Like, we we don't live in the Stone Ages anymore and so we can't treat people (laughs) like that. (laughs) Dana Lee, you and I should talk about a beautiful song that you've put together love letter to a friend. The song says, fake it until you make it. Well, it didn't work. So I'll be laying low until it doesn't hurt to breathe. As I said, it is beautiful, but that's also sad. Is <laughs> yes. life really a struggle? Um, I mean, I want to be mindful of a few things. Um, I'm not anti-vaccine at all. I went and I got my vaccine um, almost one year ago, my very first dose, and um, my life changed instantly. Um, The soon as the vaccine went in my arm, my face went completely numb, and I lost progressively over the span of a month my mobility and my uh, ability to do things, and I ended up having to move in with my parents. I saw 19 doctors in the span of eight weeks and nobody could figure out what was going on. Oh my. It was the most terrifying experience of my entire life. But there is a really cool thing that happened. I got in touch with um, a Chinese medicine doctor 
And Dr. Tran basically saved my life. And so I saw him two or three times a week. Like I still see him weekly. He got my legs moving again. He took away the burning sensation that was like basically all over my body. Wow. It was crazy. It was so insane. So out of the 14 million people that live in the province of Ontario, I am one of the rare people who has an exemption for the second dose. I'm not, I'm not allowed to get it because I would surely die for sure. Um, that song is about that. I was so incredibly sick. I've never been so sick in my whole life. And I had so many amazing and caring people always reaching out. Mm-hmm. I couldn't keep up with the, I was having my mom add them as friends on her Facebook so she could reply to people <laughs> I'm like can you just message them back I can't um so that song is um is about that and you know when we get a message from someone and it says seen or like read or whatever it says sometimes that's like a double-edged sword because the other person might take it personal that we can't reply right away, mm-hmm. um, you know, even, or, or think that we're ignoring them. And, you know, that was sort of my experience with, with some messages that I got, you know, so I wrote this song about, about that. Well, let me put a spin on the song Love Letter to a Friend. Can solitude be healing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Solitude can be healing. When I came back to my own home here and my own studio, it was like a progression. So I would spend a little bit of time here at the house by myself in the quiet and I would do some recording. When I wasn't feeling well again, when I started driving again, I would drive back to my mom and dad's and spend the night. And then I would wake up the next day and come back home and spend a few more extra hours here. And then eventually I just came home. And it's just nice being in the peace and quiet of my own home and just with myself and being here and with my music. I thought you had a cat. Oh, I do, Brewster. (laughs) Sure. Traumatize your cat. That's right. He moved in with my parents too. Um, He's obviously back here with me now, but yeah, (laughs) Brewster. (laughs) Well then tell us about the album made in his sandwich. Is it going to change people's attitude? I mean, I hope so. The whole thought is that it could be a bridge between two communities that obviously have had hostility for decades and decades and decades. Um, You know, you have a community of people who feel like they have been abandoned or ignored or hated on. And then you have a community of people who are, you know, thought to be the haters, (laughs) And, you know, sometimes even stereotyping Christians as this community of people that hate gays and all of this, you know, and if you actually talk to many people within even an evangelical church, many people are actually okay with it and have don't really have any issue. So I think the conversation needs to be had between both sides. Time has passed and it's time to move on and and move towards unifying the two groups it doesn't need to be like this now so that's my hope with the music maybe just a start point anyway dana lee thanks so much for taking this time for a talk with the antidote thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it